Hello and welcome to the Cigar Cast, your weekly one-stop shop for all things cigar-related, including industry news, reviews, and everything in between. I'm one of your hosts, Trey Debman, and I am joined, as I am every week, by Mr. Shane Rees. How are you? I'm debating on whether it's fair for me to start making faces or hand gestures at you while you're trying to get through the intro to see if I can get the record for most restarts. <laughs> I, uh, I was proud of myself. First shot, first take. We, we are off, and off to the races today. Well, and it's a beautiful day. We're here at Crown Cigars, recording live at Crown Cigars, um, two days before the grand opening. Which, if you're listening to this, will be after uh, the event would have been last night. Um, and we'll all be in recovery. And it was a great night. We loved it. It was yeah. so much fun. Had a blast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but we got a special guest tonight. Our guest is Kyle Davis with Drew Estate Cigars. So I'm assuming this is the part where I come in and say hello. That is exactly. So what's going on, everybody? How are we doing tonight? <laughs> so Kyle's just had his one-year anniversary with Drew Estate. Mazel tov. Thank you. <laughs> he filled some really big shoes, almost clown-like. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Jeff Tennell has been our rep around here forever, and I love Jeff of all my heart. He's a wonderful, wonderful guy. Um, and he just lives and breathes Drew Estate. And when he let us know that he was moving up in the company to a different position, I was really concerned about who they'd get to replace him. But I think you've done an excellent job. And I appreciate that. I'm uh, giving it everything I got. I'm, well, I'm doing it all for you, really. As long as you're happy, everyone else, you know, comes second nature. So. But before we get into your story, before we really get into who Kyle is, we got to light up a cigar. We cannot okay. have a cigar cast without a cigar. What are you smoking tonight? Well, I figured I'd go with the, you know, the Drew Estate staple today. Just the good old Undercrown. You can't go wrong. At the end of the day, I've, I've had, you know, two or three already, and it's a good medium full San Andreas Maduro. We see... Go ahead. I seen on your Facebook page earlier today that you were having the Undercrown Tubo. Yeah, I had the uh, the Undercrown Shade Tubo this morning. And if you haven't had the Tubo yet, it's got just a little bit of cedar. I mean, it's sealed in with some cedar, so it's got that little extra sweetness to it. But it's still the same blend as the yeah. regular shade? Exact same cigar. It's the Toro size. Um, but all of our Tubos are sealed in with some cedar, and it just gives it just that touch. And if you can't eat, I know you can't see me, but I'm doing a little, a little <laughs> hand motion that signifies just a small, almost like an Italian dash of salt pinch of sweetness. Uh, yeah. Soupçon. Hey. <laughs> now, what are you smoking, Trey? Uh, one of my old favorites. Uh, this is one of those cigars that I don't smoke nearly often enough. And Kyle, you can probably talk more about what it is than I can. I just know that it's delicious. It's the Norteño Toro. Um, this is one of the... It's, in Tennessee, with our taxes, whatever, it retails for about 13 bucks. So it's right at the top of my budget line for what I typically smoke. But it's just a great, I'd call it a medium to full uh, with a um, with a pseudo box press. I don't know what you call this shape because it's not, it's it's an oval, I guess. Um, and I just, I we've talked before, I'm not a box press fan. But something about that oval, the, the Oliva Master Blend is the same basic shape. Love it. Something about it just really makes me happy. Well, there's something about it, the way a cigar fits in your mouth. There's just something about the... It's a good thing we don't have bow on this week. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the, the chisel point. We've mm-hmm. talked a lot about the LFD chisel point and how they fit. And box press. And Trey don't like anything bigger than a 56. I like really big ring gauge cigars. You know, when we were down in Madison, I picked up from you some 7x70 Uzis. Yeah. 
That's no. like smoking a stick of stove wood. Now I forget. Are those the ones that just say? Are they say Muat or are they the ones that say Uzi on them still? Oh, they're the Muat. Oh, okay. Because if you still find ones that say my Uzi weighs a ton, I mean those have like two years minimum of age on them. Because we changed the band a couple years back, so those uh, if you, you know, that's a fun fact for you. If you find one that still says my Uzi weighs a ton. Grab them while you can. And we talk about that. We talk about aging a cigar and how much it changes the flavor and texture of a cigar to age it. So that's a good tip if you're out there and you want a pre-aged Uzi. Mm-hmm. Look for one that doesn't say Muat. says my Uzi weighs a ton. All the work's already done for you. Now, I'm curious. If we're, we'll talk about this more in a little bit. But yeah. just we've talked on the on the show before about branding as well. And that's one of those things. I remember that my Uzi weighs a ton. And I'm saying, has, has Muat just taken over as sort of a sub-brand, because I know the Kentucky Fire Cure bears that branding as well. Is right. that... Um, yeah, it, it, you know, I'll, the Uzis, the Kentucky Fire Cures, and now the new Swamp Things, all under that, that Muat family, are all actually made in the Hoya factory for us. Okay. Uh, now, while it's still a Drew Estate cigar, it's kind of its own little, little family, but that's really what Drew Estate is. It's just a bunch of separate little families of cigars. You've got the Undercrown family. You've got the Herrera family. You've got the Muats. Awesome. Just a big eclectic group. Shane, you're getting impatient. You've already cut it. I'm sorry. I'll get to you now. Uh, what are will, you smoking? A man will flat die of wanting for tobacco around here. <laughs> I'll tell you what. What are you smoking tonight? Hoya de Nicaragua and Nicaragua Antonio, 1970. Little shorter cigar than what I'm used to. Very nice, very um, clean cigar. I love things from the Hoya. It's funny, Hoya Red is my go-to deer stand smoke. If I'm sitting in the deer stand and it's late in the evening and everything is lifting up and I want to have a cigar, that's that's just the one I reach for. I don't know what it is. There's something about the Hoya has always been that for me. Mm-hmm. Now, so... While I light my cigar. Sure. <laughs> Go ahead. I want you to talk about how many different lines does Drew Estate have? This is a question I get asked a lot, and I'm always very embarrassed because I have always lost count. Um, and We've got to get you more toes. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to fingers. I've gone to toes. I've even thrown you know some ears in there, but I have, <laughs> I have lost track. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think we're in the neighborhood of about 60. Wow. But I, you know, I've been known to be wrong once or twice, so you check my math. <laughs> but uh, you know, I could always go with the basic answer. You know, more than one, less than a million. So, well, so before we get to the product, let's talk about the man. Sure. I want to talk about you. How did you get here? Where was your first? How did you get into the cigar industry? You're not a very old guy. You're, I would say, late twenties. Twenty-five. Mid- Twenty-five. Okay. Yep. That's uh, late enough. So I started smoking cigars when I was seventeen. Uh, and actually, uh, it was on a mission trip to Costa Rica with my church. <laughs> and so growing up, I was not allowed to smoke any tobacco products or, you know, have any alcohol or anything like that. I was raised in a very conservative house. Um, so when we went down to Costa Rica uh, w- with this group, the first thing they told us is don't buy any cigars and don't buy any alcohol or we'll send you home. What was the first thing you did? We bought cigars. <laughs> I didn't buy any alcohol, but uh, we, we, we went to the quote-unquote black market and bought what seemed to be the $2 Cubans they had for sale, which we've come to find out are not real Cubans. Um, but we saved them to the last night we were there, and uh, we all lit up our cigars behind uh, this, little, this little small 
you know, college building that we were staying in. And uh, we had our, you know, enjoyed our cigar and we got home and my dad found out I was, was smoking cigars. Now he goes, did you, you, you smoke cigars without me? I, I go, what do you mean? He goes, I wanted your first one to be with me. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, oh man, I've ruined this opportunity here. Uh, but th- it ended up working out. It ended up being m- my dad and I would always uh, set up a, a time when I went off to college, every time I came home for breaks, to devote a night to cigar smoking. Um, and it became this thing where, yeah, we enjoyed the cigar. It was always great. But it transformed from father to son to man to man. And we really started to talk and communicate about everything, really open up and, you know, as they say, solve the world's problems. That reminds me a lot of Tim Hall's story uh, from episode two where he was talking about, you know, the, how his cigars became family time. Yeah. And it became about so much more than just the cigar itself. Now, did you know that your dad smoked cigars when you went down there or was that part of the revelation when you got back to? Well, my dad smoked when he was my age now. But he stopped when my brother and I were born. He didn't want to have kids in the house with cigar smoke. He was trying to do, I guess you'd call the responsible thing. But, yeah. Um, and so he want, his, his, in his mind, he was going to wait till I was 18, legally, you know, yeah. quote unquote, to have the first cigar with me. Oh, very cool. Yeah. So uh, I was in college. Uh, I actually went originally to become a youth pastor. Uh, found out two years into it that that was not my calling. Um, so actually, I'm a youth minor, but I got my... <laughs> my major in business and so they you know they say do what you love you never work a day in your life and I love cigars and if I could make a buck doing something with it I would have been a happy camper yeah. so uh, I started working for a very small boutique company called 262 Cigars out of Lynchburg Virginia how is Clint these days he's great I talk to him uh, <laughs> actually about every week he owns a shop now oh is that right yeah he went, he's gone into the retail side but he's doing well uh, and I worked for him for about four and a half years and I met Jeff Tunnell uh, at an event in Murfreesboro, Tennessee, which is actually where I live, and found out that he was getting a promotion. And uh, he kept hinting at me, you know, I need a new, I need a replacement. And then he would look at me and kind of cough, like, hey, go for the job. And I didn't think anything of it. I just go, hey, you know, best of luck to you. I hope you find somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and so he finally called me two days later. He goes, well, I was hoping you were going to say something, but uh, I want you to s- submit a res- resume. And uh, went through the interview process, and here I am. Okay, so what is... Anyone out there that understands Drew Estate Cigars Mm -hmm. understands the subculture movement. Sure. And I just don't see the Drew Estate interview process being something like you go in and you sit down across from a desk and talk to us. I, th- I don't know. Why do I keep seeing a scene from Animal House in my head? <laughs> May I, mean, I have it's another? Like, it's like a winner-take-all dodgeball match. That's what I imagine it is. <laughs> no, it's funny. Actually, it is exactly just a behind a desk. I, there's Zev. I don't know if you've ever met Zev. And then our old VP of sales. Uh, and I literally just sat and talked to him for an hour. And then after that, uh, I talked to, uh, last year, our, our, the president of the company was uh, Salucci, um, and he just talked to me for another hour, just to kind of get a feel for who I was as a person, and it was kind of all the, I mean, they knew who I was, they knew I'd been a rep for years, and... Did y'all get to fire up a cigar during the interview? Oh, yeah, so, yeah, I had a, uh, a Herrera Esteli Lonsdale. There you uh, go. Yeah, they had sharp. a big, you know, nice little pile on the table, and they said, you know, pick something out. Uh-oh. That's, that's my favorite line. I mean, I could smoke Herrera all day, every day, and twice on Sunday and never get tired of it. So, <laughs> I mean, I went right for it. 
But that is opening up the interview with a very intense question, which is you got all all this to choose from. Right. Which one do you? Oh my God, are they going to judge me if I go for the acid? Uh, yeah. <laughs> if you get something flavored immediately, you're out. Oh. <laughs> they encourage either one. You know, we're you know we're pretty open. <laughs> Well, Drew Estate is the worldwide leader in the flavored cigar industry. Mm-hmm. And, you know, my wife smokes the tobacco mm-hmm. special. She loves that cigar. She always compares it to smoking a Snickers bar. <laughs> and I, which I'd love to see her keep a Snickers bar lit, but hey, <laughs> whatever works for her. <laughs> and uh, she loves that. I like the acid deep dish on occasion. I have a. I don't smoke a lot of flavored cigars just because I like a cigar that tastes like a cigar. Mm-hmm. But I don't fault anybody that does. Some people really enjoy mm-hmm. the flavor. Um, I don't, I really, it disturbs me when a new cigar smoker starts out with flavored, though. That, to me, is kind of frightening. Well, especially because it, it, from a retail side, it labels someone as a novice smoker. And I feel like you're treated differently or I feel like it's one of you know my downfalls is is that I treat novice smokers a little bit differently than I you know, here's how you cut it here's how you light it whether they know it or not and I feel like anytime I see someone smoke a flavored cigar I just immediately think that's where they're at and some people have been smoking flavored cigars their whole life some people it's right. not a big deal and, and you know I'm always t- torn on the question but the great thing about acid is and, and I'm kind of to go against what you just said, play devil's advocate here, but it's, it's what gets people into it. It's the people that, you know, they have a stereotype about cigars that they stink and that they're strong and they're not going to knock me on my butt every time I smoke it. But you give them an acid, it's a little mild, but it's got a sweetness to it, so it's not full-on tobacco on your first time, and it's that introduction. Mm-hmm. Now, I see a lot of guys that start on acid, and they, you know, they give it a year or two, but over time they'll they'll try something different and then they start smoking traditional but um you know it's still it's it's there to cater to the guys that don't smoke the traditional stuff and i really like your choice of wording there uh, a lot of people will talk about you know flavored cigars versus real cigars right and i really like your choice of words of traditional because it, it all cigars are real cigars at least when talking about the acids as being flavored because they're still hand rolled they're still you know they're still still long filler yeah so they're still everything that you would expect out of what some would call a real cigar they just happen to be flavored so I like that use of the word traditional instead Mm -hmm. of real to to reference non-flavored cigars people like to knock the acid line but you gotta give it credit well, even if it's not for you, it's it's there and it serves a purpose. And, uh, and, and also, Drew Estate does so much for the troops with donating, mm-hmm. or at least they used to. I'm not sure what the FDA, FDA has done about that. I know there was, mm-hmm. there was some wording about that in the original. Um, but, you know, I, I remember when I was working back in Atlanta on the retail side, we'd have so many, because there was an Air Force base right there. Mm-hmm. And uh, we would have so many guys come in that smoked the acids because they'd been overseas and they they become real cigar or they become like real aficionados and real real uh, fans of cigars right because of that first exposure they got to the acids overseas and then they eventually like you said you know either did or didn't upgrade to the traditional non-flavored stuff mm-hmm. so moving talking more about drew estate mm-hmm. so 
you know, I thought about looking up what subculture is, but realistically, it's just a culture within a culture. They hold the same values and beliefs, but they have something, a unifying principle. And I think, you know, for cigars is a subculture. And then it seems like Drew Estate's a step beyond that. How much of that is organic and how much of that has the company actually nurtured? You know, that's one of those things, and this is this is more of a personal opinion, that it, like a plant, it grows when, when more attention is put towards it. You know, when they first started, it was acids and, and Isla Del Sol's and tobacco. It was just, it was all about being different and being true to yourself. I mean, what, like when I got interviewed, I asked what the dress code was, and I said, hey, whatever it is that, that you do to make you, you, dress that way, be that way, act that way. No shorts, no flip-flops, but other than that, you know, do whatever you want. <laughs> so I think that's one of those things where as we started, you know, we no one really knew what was right and what was too far, and so we were different within reason, but over time, it, it grows, you become more comfortable with letting loose a little bit more, and while still being respectful to the industry that you're in, but... Uh, it's just something that kind of grows on you and, and who are you surround yourself by. And Well, the, the people, you know, and we've talked about this a lot on this podcast, is what cigar culture is and what everyone, you, re- you run into very few jerks in right. the cigar business. And I think Jonathan last week coined the term one percenters. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, you've got the one percenters that are jerks, but the rest are just good people. And, you know, the cigar is the great equalizer. No matter if you're a millionaire or you're making, you know, payments on your Yugo, you can smoke a good cigar. Right. And so it's interesting when you start really looking in Drew Estate, especially on social media. I have so much Drew Estate social media stuff comes up on Facebook and through the app and things like that. And you start seeing the same names over and over again. Some guys, you just wonder if they work for Drew Estate Incognito or not. And right. that, Go ahead. I was just going to uh, plug our social media. I actually just tagged you in a photo that I threw up on our Instagram at this cigar cast. So anybody that's interested in following you and seeing what you're up to, since you know we talked about you're such a do yeah. such a great job at, at really. Uh, enhancing the social media experience for your cigar followers, you know, facebook.com slash the cigar cast and Instagram at the cigar cast. You can get in touch with us, but also uh, Kyle as well. And just out of curiosity here, did you, did you tag me in that picture? Yes, I did. Now, which one? I have two Instagrams. It was, so, uh, uh, it was the, the, because uh, it's a funny, it's a funny story. I always, well, I, I try to keep two separate ones. I try to keep a, a personal life and then a cigar one, and they both end up just being about cigars either way. And I figured, what was the most... Uh, Drew Estate Kyle was the, the one, one I used. Okay. Yeah. So I figured, what better way to make it you know, less confusing for everybody by including Drew Estate in both of my names? So one is Drew Estate Kyle, and the other one is It's Kyle from Drew Estate. Because <laughs> that's not confusing at all. <laughs> and that's just part of the joke. So you can, either this, one's fine. This is the kind of marketing genius that Drew Estate's seen in this man. <laughs> <laughs> really wanted to pull to the forefront of representing. This is the essence right here. <laughs> That's right. So, so which was originally the personal? It's Kyle from Drew Estate. Oh, okay. Originally, it was going to be like the joke from uh, like State Farm. Like, it's Jake from State Farm. It's Kyle from Drew Estate. But then everyone in my company. But you don't wear khakis. <laughs> not today, I don't. And, and really, not ever. Khaki's not a flattering color on me. 
I always pick on you every time I see you, and if you've trimmed the beard and cut the hair, I'll ease up beside you and say, trying to get a job at Davidoff? What's going on here? <laughs> well, then there's Gary Calhoun at Davidoff, who has a magnificent mane right now. Have you seen him recently? Yes, I seen beard him the other down day. To his, like shoulders and hair down to his like mid back. I mean, it's gorgeous. Really, I have not. And I can seen say him that confidently as a, as a male. <laughs> to, that's beard envy right there in its finest. But. So coming back to Drew Estate, so what is the strong line? If I want the maximum cigar Drew Estate offers as far mm-hmm. as strength, what do I reach for? I would either go to the Hoya side of things. So I would go 1970, which is what you're smoking, uh, or I would go the Antonio Dark Corojo. Uh, it's double a hero in the filler. It's on a, you know, we advertise it as a scale, on a scale from one to five in strength. It's about a six, um, but still at the same time being very smooth. Uh, very approachable. Uh, and then, of course, from the Drew Estate side, there's always Liga Pravada, which is blended to be that full, rich, in-your-face, best well, for the best reasons possible. And we're going to step away for a break, but when we come back, I want to talk in depth about Liga Pravada, what is Drew Diplomat, mm-hmm. and that the app is my favorite thing because yeah. I can search by Drew Diplomat dealers. So we'll talk about that when we get back. Why don't you go ahead and tell us what the app is called so they can be searching for it while they hear this week's tip of the week. Yeah, it's just called Drew Diplomat. It's a brown square with the white Drew State Bridge in the middle of it. Should be nice and easy to find. Excellent, and we will see you guys right after this. Hello, everybody. It's Kyle Davis with Drew Estate, and this is your cigar tip of the week. Uh, When a rep has a lighter and he lets you use it, don't be the guy that takes it. Give it back to him. Rups need lighters, too. And welcome back to the Cigar Cast. This is Shane Reeves, one of your hosts, smoking this Hoya Antonio 1970. Really enjoying it. This is kind of a thick, white smoke coming out of this. And usually in Nicaraguan, I get a bluer smoke. So it's an interesting blend that that I'm getting that, that I'm getting that hearty, thick smoke. Especially since it's so much smaller than what you're used to smoking, to, to know that you're enjoying it that much. That's, that's always fun for me when I smoke something completely out of my wheelhouse and it, 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 it uh, lives up to my expectations, or exceeds them, rather. The voice you're hearing is Trey Deadman. Oh, yeah, I should have waited for that. <laughs> oh, no. No, I jumped right into my cigar, so I'm, I'm enjoying it. I kind of felt like I had to do that. But we're also sitting here with Kyle Davis from Drew Estate Cigars. I'm still here, guys. How's it going? <laughs> I'm enjoying every minute of it. <laughs> and so let's talk real quick. I want to hit the lines of Drew Estate, the different lines and the different, because there's such a variety. I mean, there's the acid line. Mm-hmm. Um, what if you had to sum? If I give you these lines, I want you to sum them up for me in two sentences. What about the acids? Aromatic and mild, perfect for those uh, who are just getting into the industry or who are enjoying trying to enjoy something sweet without the calories. Now, when you step up, when you step up from the acid, what would you recommend they step to next? If you're going into the, well, so we'll just, we'll go mild, medium, and full. We'll just walk on up. If you're going mild, I would do Hoya Red, which is uh, at the moment in the U.S. market, the mildest thing Hoya has. Uh, nice Habano, nice mild. You can smoke it on an empty stomach and it's not going to kick your butt. Um, or I would go Undercrown Shade, which is our Connecticut. 
Um, but Which we have talked about so much on this show. It is a favorite of Shane's. Yeah. It's uh, one of the few Connecticut's that I can enjoy. It's it's a really great cigar. And I agree with you there. I'll be honest with you. I am not a Connecticut smoker. It just it's not my wheelhouse. But I will smoke uh, the daylights out of a, an underground shade. Well, it's just my go-to smoke if I give somebody a cigar. Mm-hmm. It's the perfect cigar if you're on the golf course. Or We talked about two weeks ago. I was on a cruise. Every time I went up to the smoking deck to smoke, I'd carry something, but I'd always have an underground shade in my little three-finger case. Right. In case someone asked for one. I didn't want one that was going to knock them down, but I wanted something that, to me, profiled what a cigar in a mild flavor should be. Mm-hmm. And now, now, okay, so the Hoya Red is milder than the Hoya Cabaneta? In my opinion, yes. Now, everyone's palate is a little bit different, and the way a cigar is going to hit you may be different than the way it hits me. Uh, but the Cabaneta is actually a very interesting blend. When I first started uh, training with Drew Estate, I went down to Miami and trained with the Miami rep. Uh, and I just so happened during that week, I had Dr. Cuenco with us, uh, who is the owner of, of Hoya de Nicaragua. So this is, it was a great time to talk to him about all the Hoya blends, why he did things the way he did. Uh, and so Cabaneta was always a favorite of mine. So I asked him, hey, you know, why two wrappers? So for those of you who have never seen the, the Cabaneta, uh, it's got a Nicaraguan Habano Criollo on the cap, which is the exact same wrapper that's on that 1970, and then an Ecuadorian Connecticut on the foot. Um, I said, why did you put two wrappers on it? He goes, well, it's simple. I hated Connecticut's. I hated everything they did to my palate. Uh, Connecticut, for me, is always, it always dries me out. It's bitter, uh, and it's way too mild. So you put that, that Habano cap on it. Habano is naturally sweet, spicy, and fuller-bodied. Uh, and when it touches your lips, it causes you to salivate just a little bit. And that salivation cuts out all that scratch and bitterness from the Connecticut. So what you really get is something that's, you know, the best of both worlds. You get the buttery creaminess of a Connecticut without the bite, sweet and spicy, the Habano without the strength. Hmm. So the Habano, though, is still going to give it just a little, little more oomph. So for me, it smokes almost like a mild plus, almost a medium. And then the other one, the Hoya Black. Um, I like the Hoya Black. It's, but almost if I'm going to smoke a Hoya Black, I just grab an Undercrown. So for me... The Hoya Black is the, is the first cigar the Hoya has produced with a San Andreas wrapper on it, which is very exciting. Uh, the, the Hoya Black, for me, smokes a lot similar to an Undercrown, but a little more mild. So Undercrown may be a medium plus to a full, depending on what you're used to smoking. And then the Hoya Black, for me, is almost a solid medium. Uh, similar profile as the Undercrown, that black pepper, that, that earthiness but it almost has a creamier, sweeter finish. Well, then when you step up to the next level, when you step up to the medium cigar, what are you stepping up to? You're going right into Herrera Esteli, which is a very Cuban-esque, you know, just little cream, little leather, little spice. For me, that cigar has, it's no real bells or whistles. It's just good because it's good, you know. I have to agree on that. That was one of those that when it first came out, I started seeing it in only a few select shops. I didn't see it everywhere, and so it was one of those things that when I finally was able to try it, I was like, you know, it's the the band's not really a whole lot, the box isn't a whole lot. It's just, and you know, if you know Drew Estate, you know that they put some time and energy into their marketing and stuff. So if they're going to put out a cigar that looks this um, unassuming, it's going to knock your socks off, and that's exactly what it did. Well, it was Willie, uh, when Willie Herrera first joined us, that was his first blend for us. So that was kind of uh, stepping into a whole new era of, 
era of uh, just a whole new family of cigars. Yeah. Um, so, you know, he did Herrera Esteli, then he brought in Norteño. And then, actually, the shade was his third blend for us. Um, well, and I'll tell you, if Willie blends it, I generally am going to like it. It's one of those things where we spoke about it a little bit last week. Just when Willie brings something in, they say, oh, Willie blended this. I'm, I'm there. Mm-hmm. I just really enjoy. I don't know. I can't say I share a palate with him because his palate's obviously far more developed than mine will ever be. But I just know when he blends it, I'm going to like it. Yep. I'm the, I'm the same way. Just a, a different different flavor. Trey was over there chuckling for some reason. Oh, just the uh, background audio caught my attention. That was, uh, that was all it was. Okay, so when, then you step up to the full. What is our full body? Fuller would be, um, you know, your, your undercrowns, uh, your Nica Rusticas, uh, and then, of course, all of your Liga. And then uh, in Hoya, you would go, you know, Antonio 1970, Antonio Darcarojo. And then, of course, uh, one of my favorites from Hoya is the Quattro uh, Cinco. I almost picked that up instead of this today. I've not had one yet. When you have an option to go Quattro Cinco, you go Quattro Cinco. Okay. I have learned something today. That is the uh, crown jewel from Hoya, and it is just everything you could ever want. And the only problem you're ever going to have when you buy a Quattro Cinco is wishing that you had bought another one because they are phenomenal. They do some marketing training over at Drew Estate, don't they? (laughs) You know, I talk to myself a lot when I drive, so uh, I watch a lot of old car commercials. (laughs) Well, and I have a box still of the first Quattro Cinco's that come out, the numbered box. They only made 4,500 of them. Mm -hmm. And I still have a box of those that I break out one occasionally for a really special occasion. Because there's been two releases of the, there's the one that they sell every day, but then there's that first one that they released. So is this the part in the podcast you're like, by the way, thank you for coming. I have one for you. Oh, Darn, I forgot that with your cookies. <laughs> <laughs> My wife laid out cookies for Kyle. Well, no, the FDA won't let him give you a free cigar. You know that, right? <laughs> oh, man. Well, you know, behind closed doors, right? No, I'm just <laughs> I, well, I, I may, one may fall out of my pocket Ooh. one day. Ooh, you're a good man. You're and good I, man. I did, did you never get one when they had the first release? Not when they had the first release. I was uh, a little young at that time. I was still getting into cigars, and I didn't really know what was what. Uh, but I did actually smoke one last year, and it was, I mean, it was fantastic. Well, it was funny. They were having an event in this shop, and there was only two of them left in the box. And Jeff said to me, get those. And the guy walks up, and he said, oh, I wanted to get one of those Quattros. Being a cigar guy, I said, well, here, you go ahead and take one, and I'll take one. And I've never regretted a decision more. No. Oh. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but you're such a good Samaritan about it, though. I, I should have been—I should have been a little more on the stick on that one. I should have just kind of—oh, yeah, it's, it's a tough life. You ought to get on that rep. Tell him bring more of those when he comes. First come, first serve, man. <laughs> now, you alluded to the legal line, and the legal line is only available at Drew Diplomat dealers. Mm-hmm. Explain to the audience what is a Drew Diplomat. A diplomat retailer is someone who who is carries a certain number of our facings and is really devoted to the Drew Estate brand. Uh, it's almost, the best way I can describe it is almost like, like Pappy Van Winkle. 
you know, not just any liquor store can get a hold of them. There's so much business they have to do with the company, and there's so many facings of, of their stuff they have to have, have, to on, ooh, have to have on the wall. That tongue-tied for a second there. <laughs> um, and, and the Liga is the exact same way. Um, and the only thing, I mean, it, we would love to give it to everyone, but it's such a limited crop that that's the best way we know how to get it out there and the quantities that we have. Um, is Liga the only diplomat exclusive line or are there others that are diplomat exclusive? There are others. Uh, we just came out with the Herrera Esteli Miami, okay. uh, which is a very limited run. Uh, 1,250 of those boxes were made. We announced it at the show that last year, but they are now hitting the shelves. Um, you can find them at any diplomat retailer. Uh, the Undercrown Shade Flying Pig, which is the exact same blend as the, the Undercrown Shade, just that unique flying pig size that we're known for. Um, and for me, that flying pig size just always adds a little bit of a sweetness to the cigar. If you've ever smoked the Undercrown Flying Pig, Kentucky Fire Cured Flying Pig, it has just a little touch of extra sweetness to it. Hmm. Um, and then, of course, there are other ones here and there. Debonair from our, our Debonair House line. Um, and then if you can ever find them, uh, the Herrera Esteli Lanceros, which was a 2014 release. I have had one of those. And they are great. Yeah. Well, and if someone asks me, hands down, Shane, what is your favorite cigar? I always have to go to the Feral Flying Pig. Mm-hmm. The Feral Flying Pig to me is just the cigar. It's hard to, it's hard to quantify how good that is. It's one you have to experience. It is, and it's not a novice smoker cigar now. You better be ready, and um, we spoke about it before the show. You either smoke a feral pig or it smokes you. Right. <laughs> I mean, a feral pig is a serious cigar man's cigar. And I'll be honest with you, before I started working through Drew Estate, I'd never smoked one. So, you know, in my mind, I always thought, well, it's just a cigar. How good could it really be? And then I smoked one. And uh, I think my first one, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I was a little late to the game. I worked for Drew for about nine months. Uh, and then uh, the Super Bowl this year came around, and I smoked one during the Super Bowl watching the, watching the game. And I ended up paying more attention to the cigar <laughs> than the game because it, it took my breath away. I mean, it is truly a great At least great the first game. half of the game of the Super At Bowl least the first this year. Half. Right, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the second half of the game was something to behold. Right. But so... The Feral Pigs, the Liga Provider line, and one of the things I want to point out on the app, one of the things I actually love to do when I'm somewhere I'm not familiar with, I'll pull up the store locator in the app, Mm -hmm. and it lets you um, search by diplomat dealers. Mm -hmm. You may find somewhere that has some Drew Estate cigars that just has a humidor in the back, but a diplomat dealer is going to be a lounge. Right. Kind of a quick and easy way to find a actual lounge to go enjoy your cigar. Now, there are lounges on there that sell our products, uh, but they just may not be a diplomat retailer. There's a lot of great cigar shops out there, but if you, if you want to make sure you find a shop that, if you want something from Drew Estate and they probably have it, go towards the, the diplomat stores. So you may or may not be able to answer this question in an official capacity, but if, is there a cigar brand? We've talked about this in the past. You know, I look for a Luzione when I go into a shop I've never been in mm-hmm. before. That's how I know I'm in a, a proper shop that cares about, you know, their environment that they're creating. For Shane, it's being a diplomat dealer. Is there something specific that you look for in a humidor when you've never been there before? The biggest thing for me is staff. When I go to a store and I know I'm in a good store, it's, it's all about the staff. 
Uh, do they come up and greet you? Do they hang out with you? When you go in the humidor, are they making sure that you're finding everything you want? I mean, for me, it's the, the person makes the store. Um, there's nothing worse than walking to a cigar store, whether you're a, 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 you know, an aficionado or, or a novice, and not having anyone to talk to. You're in there on your own. You have no idea what you're looking for. And then you sit in the corner by yourself. Yeah. That, for me, is, is the defining factor. I, I don't like putting brand names on stores. Right. Everyone carries different things, and that's what makes different cigars great. There's variety. Mm-hmm. Um, it's all, for me, it's the community of it. Mm-hmm. Now, do you like it when the staff lights your cigar, or do you like to light it yourself? Oh, I light, I light my own. I don't, I don't know what your you know, lighter capabilities are. I mean, I'm sure you know, they're great, but... Uh, well, when, when fire's I, coming that close to my face, I want to be in control of it. Well, Corona in Orlando, that was one of the things when my wife and I were visiting there, that's one of the things that impressed her the most is he lit our cigars for us. You know, mm-hmm. he, he pre-warmed them and then he, you put them in. He said, okay, now puff, now draw. And that just really impressed Glenda because it was someone else lighting your cigar. It's kind of such a... It was almost a throwback to a different era. Right. A, a more service era of cigars. Yeah, just made you. It just makes you feel so much more taken care of, I guess. Right, and there's nothing wrong with that. But just on my personal preference, you prefer to light your. I own. like to light my own. <laughs> so, Drew Estate also does a lot of really unique events. Mm-hmm. Um, I've been to the Barn Smoker in Kentucky twice. Um, I'll go to it every year for as long as they have it, or I die, whichever comes first. And, folks, let me tell you. When those tickets go on sale, get them quick. Because this year they sold out in, what, an hour and a half? Uh, I think it was 45 minutes. Yeah, it was It was quick. I got the email on the pre-release, and I actually had a customer in my office, and I said, stop, I've got to buy these tickets. And he thought I was buying tickets, you know, to the Grateful Dead or something. <laughs> <laughs> e- just, equal amounts of smoke, just different types of smoke. <laughs> I, will, I will throw a quick plug in there real fast. If you're on the Diplomat app, you always have first dibs on those kinds of tickets. You will get the email alert an hour before everybody else. Hmm. So just one more reason to, you know, jump on the app. Ah, CigarCast top tip. Oh, yeah. <laughs> just a little insider, you know, trading info right there. Well, as soon as it comes up, I always, if you're going to go, go ahead and buy them. And it's such a great experience. Mm -hmm. You get to meet Jonathan Drew, and he's such a good dude. You get to meet his father. Oh, Gary? Baitfish Gary? Oh, Baitfish Gary, and Gary is is hilarious. He is the man. I mean, if if you've never met him, or if you have met him, you know he's like the most humble, great human being out there. And so. Gary never left the 60s. If you ask no. Gary what day it is right now, he'll say 1965. Yep. <laughs> it's just Gary. Those round bottle cap, circle glasses, like a bandana, zippers on his cargo pants. I mean, he's just all over the place. It's he great. was the one fighting you for the Grateful Dead tickets. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah but I could have traded them for Barn Smoker tickets. I could have called Gary. <laughs> but um, just a great experience. They walk you through the process. And then Glenda and I actually made a weekend trip to come down to Florida to do the Florida Barn Smoker. And it was the first Florida Barn Smoker. We went out to the farm of the fellow that owns Corona. What's his name? Jeff Borschwitz. Went out to his farm. Um, they had all the fresh vegetables and all that there that they grew on the farm. You could take as much of, much of it as you wanted home. And they had someone there hand-rolling fresh cigars. It was just an outstanding experience. The man goes over the top for everything, and it's, it's fantastic. 
He does, and it shows in his stores. You know, we talk about how the personality of the owner comes through in the stores, and it shows in Corona mm-hmm. Cigars that he has that larger-than-life personality. Yep. But you meet him, and he's so humble about everything, and he, he takes time to talk to you. He's not just talking down to you. He's talking with you. And that's, I mean, that goes back to the staff thing. And he makes sure his staff does the exact same thing. They are there for you, for your enjoyment, so you can get the most out of your cigar shop experience. Well, and I've went to his store that's on Lake City, or, yeah, it's Lake City Boulevard there in Orlando. And mm-hmm. I've went to his downtown location. Both of them, staff was excellent. Um, the one over on Lake City has an amazing mojito. Mm-hmm. If you really want a good mojito. Ex- Is that right? Excellent mojito. Because hmm. they have a full bar in that one. Might be worth the trip just for that alone. Well, and it is a Drew Estate Lounge. It is. One of the very few. <laughs> I was about to say, I don't think I've ever seen one before. Uh, yeah, there's there's his shop. Uh, there's one in Jersey, if I'm not mistaken. And then there's another one um, somewhere in the Midwest. And I should probably know yeah, the I answer Yeah, I think I'll stick with Florida. Florida's <laughs> weather's a little bit nicer. But if you ever go... Uh, he has a lot of exclusive sizes oh, very and cool. blends. Even the Florida Sun Grown Cigar, which we use his his tobacco for, which is kind of why he has you know the exclusive yeah. rights to it. Um, but you can get the Box Press Nine, Liga Number Nine, Box Press Naturals, Box Press Undercrown. Just a lot of exclusive sizes to his shop. And I have a box of the Florida Sun Grown. I've got about four left out of that box, so I'm going to have to go down there and get another one. Oh, they don't last. No, they don't. And they're just wonderful. Just a wonderful smoke. Um, remind me a lot of a Kentucky Fire Cured if it wasn't so, if the flavor was not so smoked mm-hmm. into it. It's very almost like minerally earthy rich. Yeah. Just a great cigar. So, Kyle, one of the questions that we ask every guest that we have on for the first time is let's say Auric Goldfinger. I had to bring in some Bond nerdiness here. Um, Let's say a a, a billionaire strands you on an island, and you can only smoke one cigar for the rest of your life, but price and availability don't matter. Okay. What's your one cigar? I'm going to stick with the Herrera Esteli Lonsdale. All right. That's my one. Like I I mentioned earlier, that's the cigar I can smoke uh, all day, every day, and twice on Sunday, and I never get tired of it. And... To put that to the test for two weeks, I literally only smoked it all day, every day, for two weeks. And I could not get tired of it. That's awesome. Yeah. Because I think we've all had that cigar that we fall in love with, and then we smoke it pretty much exclusively. And then at a certain point, you go, okay, I'm ready for something new. And to, to have put that to the test and never gotten to that point, that's impressive. Man, you, you, when you love it, it's not even, it's not even like work. So I'm going through my Drew Estate um, bucket list. Mm-hmm. I've had the Velvet Rat. I've had tons of Ratzillas, Feral Pig, Undercrown Flying Pig, Regular Flying Pig, Kentucky Fire Cured Flying Pig. I have not had the Year of the Rat. Where do I acquire Year of the Rat? Year of the Rat is a lounge exclusive for a... Uh and this is and this is where my uh, dyslexia or, or forgetful thoughts come in. Um, I think it's the BB and T Arena down in Florida. I think it's the big basketball stadium down there. Right. Um, there is a cigar lounge attached to it, and you can only get it there. You can only get. It your might be AT and T. BB and T. 
Is it a, a bank or telecom? Either one. Either <laughs> one. There is um, there is a, a lounge in, in a big stadium down in Florida, and I will probably remember at the minute we turn the, the mics off. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get on the trail. I'm going to get on the trail of Year of the Rat. That's one if of you, the rats you I haven't it, had. It, it'll, it'll come up. If it makes you feel any better, I work for the company, and I have never seen one. So. Wow. <laughs> They are I've, exclusive. <laughs> yeah, I've seen them on the app. I've never seen one in person. I actually laid my hands on one. The other one is the Sweet Jane A. Sweet Jane A you can only get at Deadwood Tobacco. Uh, the story with Deadwood, for those who don't know, just a very quick story. Uh, Deadwood Tobacco is a shop in South Dakota. It's kind of the unofficial official cigar shop of Sturges, the big bike fest. Uh, and so the lady who owns the store, Ms. Vaughn, uh, that was kind of her exclusive line, and it's really just an extension of the natural series. You know, sweet cap, aromatic pipe tobacco in the filler. Um, and the, the Deadwood, uh, it's three different sizes, the exact same cigar, but in three different sizes. you got Sweet Jane, Crazy Alice, and Fat Bottom Betty, all named after very historic uh, Sturges women. Um, and so that was her, li- it was her line of cigars for years, uh, but she let us take that whole series public, if we gave her an exclusive size in the A. So if you go to her website, you know, Deadwood Tobacco, you can actually order them, um, and they come in two cigar coffins. Oh, okay, like the Manifesto. Like the Manifesto or the Liga A, yeah. Yep. I've had the Manifesto when I met JD. It was the first time I'd ever actually talked to him, and he gave me a Manifesto. Wonderful cigar. Mm -hmm. And you think, looking at it, that it's more of a gimmick than anything, but it will smoke perfectly start to finish yeah the manifesto is what 16 inches long yeah i think so i haven't measured it in a while but hang on i'm gonna write that down (laughs) (laughs) uh, well well i do i do think it's interesting that these you want to come back to my apartment and see my manifesto (laughs) (laughs) the the cigar that you can only get from jd is 16 inches long and i think that's nursing his ego a little (laughs) is actually what i think's going on there But as the podcast heads down a road that we don't want to pursue, <laughs> this is a family, like you know, oh yes, family-centered uh, program, yeah, right? It's a clean podcast. There you but go. Well, well, let's go from sixteen to eight. Uh, Shane, what's our cigar under eight dollars this week? So this week we're going to feature our cigar under eight dollars. Thank you, Trey. I almost forgot. And it is the Nicarustica. Mm-hmm. Kyle, I want you to tell me about it. Nicarustica is. Uh, I'll be honest with you. So for me. I know I said Herrera's my favorite cigar, but really anything with a broadleaf, which Herrera doesn't have, but uh, if it says broadleaf anywhere in the blend, I'm going to go for it at least once. I'm a huge broadleaf fan. That's why I prefer the number nine over the 52. That's why I like Nica Rustica. But either way, it's a broadleaf wrapper. Uh, It's actually uh, a lower priming of the same plant that we use for the nine. So not not the same quality, but just lower priming. Um, It's got some San Andreas in the binder and then more Nicaraguan in the filler. And it's blended to be that everyday, full-bodied, delicious smoke. And that thing will pour out more smoke than you know what to do with. So if you're going to smoke it in your car, just a warning, roll your windows down and rip the roof off because you will not be able to see <laughs> the car in front of you. I've got to say, that one, the, the, the sheer volume of smoke that came out of the first time I smoked one of those cigars blew me away. I, I, I was not expecting that. Uh, mm. but, it, but it makes it such a fun experience mm-hmm. because it, it becomes an event because all of a sudden you're aware of it. It keeps your focus because you're thinking about it like, dear God, this thing is a bonfire. Mm-hmm. 
And that's a lot of cigar for the money. I like the Brujito. Mm-hmm. That's the size that I prefer when I reach for Nicaragua. That was the original? When it first came out, it was only one size. It was just uh, the Brujito. Mm-hmm. Brujito. Which is, uh, you know, very interesting. If you ever looked at the box, you see a little, it's like a little mascot on the front. And it's an old witch doctor. And it's the almost the national symbol for Nicaragua. Uh, they found that little witch doctor uh, emblem carved into the side of a mountain. Uh, looking into history, and it was, you know, and Gary was standing uh, next to it, and you know, Gary with the thumbs up and <laughs> yeah. you know, sunglasses on. But um, it's it's kind of blended to be the cigar of Nicaragua, uh, just to pay homage to the country. That's awesome. Well, we're coming to the end of the podcast. We're about to say goodbye for this week, but Kyle, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule and oh, getting no. here. Pleasure's all on the side of the table. So uh, I appreciate you guys having me on. Well, thank you for coming. I do want to remind everybody, if you want to get in touch with us before the next episode, uh, you can always send us a line at info at thecigarcast.com if you prefer old school email. But, of course, we're on all forms of social media at thecigarcast on Twitter and Instagram, as well as facebook.com slash thecigarcast. Kyle, it's been a pleasure. And ever, and Shane, I look forward to uh, sitting down with you in a few days at the grand opening event here at uh, Crown Cigars, and we will see you all next week.